0: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's call, Organizational Change Management and its Impact on ERP Success. Sean Wendell will be our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid- to large-sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. On today's call, Sean will discuss tips for taking on organizational change management in order to help increase employee buy-in and to ensure your ERP implementation is a success. Uh, Sean, are you there? Are you ready to take it away?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Julia. Um sure. appreciate your introduction and, and welcome everybody to the call here on organizational change management and its impact on ERP success. So I'm just going to talk for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes here on on this particular topic, which is quite near and dear to us. Um, and, um, you know, I think you'll probably get some nuggets out of this discussion, for sure, please, please, please feel free to use them as you're looking at your internal initiatives, um, as well as give us a call if there's anything that, uh, that we can provide in addition to what I'm gonna talk through. But hold on to your hat because there's a lot to go through. <laughs> we'll make the recording available online too if you need to go back and, and, and catch some of the specifics as we go. So here's the most important thing on organizational change management as it relates to ERP success um OCM as it's known in the market it is not a gimmick like this is really really important because I think some of the other firms in in the marketplace have kind of used this as a tagline to kind of create um services and offerings and oh OCM is important OCM is important Um, It it absolutely positively is, but it it really is just part of an overall ERP implementation, right? You can't have a good, successful project um, if the software is configured and it meets the requirements and all the data is migrated and all the integrations are built. um, That's great, but can the organization actually use the product? Can the end users, the people that are stuck with this thing, do they know what they're doing with it? So we look at organizational change management, I think a little bit differently um, from, from other firms and that that's the context that, that we're most concerned with is, is how are people actually gonna use the software when we go live? Are they ready to use it? And are they willing to use it? So with with that kind of more pragmatic approach, um, we've developed kind of a five-step process um, to apply organizational change management that I'm going to go through. But, but again, I really want to emphasize that our approach is extremely practical in the trenches. Um, I'll even talk to some of the experiences where we did do these things and where we didn't and what the results were. So so the first step and, and the most important thing is to truly assess your organization and, and this, is, this is probably the most important thing. I think it's a, it's a big reason why clients engage us because we, we do have the ability to look very um, honestly and objectively at an organization. And, and what we're really looking for in this assessment is its willingness to change. You'll have some people that are very willing. Those are usually the people that are driving the project. And you'll have others that are very unwilling, and they're usually the ones that aren't around the project. And then you have a lot of people in between. The key thing there, though, is, is to be objective and, and look at from a highest of level of strategy of the business and, and the owner's view on kind of what their goals are, all the way down to the end users and and what's really happening with them on a, on a day-to-day basis and, and really look at um, why the organization needs to do this software change, and do they really believe they need to do it? So the assessment is more focused on kind of a, um, not just the existing culture and, you know, kind of the tone level, if you will, of the organization, you know, where high-toned or medium-toned or low-toned, um, you know, that's kind of a, a relative concept there, but you really need to assess the organ- assess the organization from a standpoint of like, are people really wanting the change? and do they really see the need for it? So um, this, this may come down to uh, maybe the owners, maybe even in a private equity situation, they actually do need the organization to change the software solution, uh, but the entity itself doesn't. Um, you may have a long-term owner of an organization. Um, that sees the need for change and uh, the organization is, is unwilling to do that. You may have an organization and the key subject matter experts from each of the functional areas that see the need, but the owner doesn't see the need. Um, you know, there's a there's a whole book that could be written on just that one topic. But, but start with that assessment and be honest, too, um, about where your individual stakeholders are at with their willingness and need for change. Once you have that done, now you can put into place kind of a real change management plan that has um, very doable tactics that will get results. This is the second step. So what we mean there is um, looking from the beginning of the ERP initiative all the way to the end, what do you have to do in between then to get to the result that you want at the end? Again, this isn't rocket science, but the execution is where... Um, the the failures and successes are made. So for instance, um, uh, communication is a huge part of a change management plan. Training is a huge part. There may be even be some financial incentives that you do for some of the key people that have a day job already, maybe even a night job, and now you're going to put the ERP implementation on them. Um, So there might be some bonuses or some extra comp that you get for them for change management kind of tactics, if you will. And then there may be some other things that you end up doing. Um, Maybe even having um, the company go visit another company that's using the software already. Um, We've even done things like having massage therapists come in as a change management tactic at the end of the implementation to kind of literally, like, physically ease the stress of the team going into the go live. Um, That was actually quite interesting and I thought quite clever. That was uh, Erica on our team, her her suggestion. Especially for accounting people that are coming up with a lot of data migration, and they usually have a year end or quarterly end they're trying to do, and month end and everything else. They can tend to get a little stressed uh, right before go live. So massage uh, is one of the tactics we use for change management. So you want to put into place those those tactics um, and, and make it very specific with what needs to get done, who's going to do it, and when. So Simple, simple, simple change management plan that includes that will be huge. Now, the the third thing is to keep doing the change management tactics no matter what. So I'm gonna give you a really, really good example here because another tactic, if if you think about um, managing change, one of the best and most important um, tactics is actually doing uh, system walkthroughs with the users um, while the development is occurring that will help so much for people to actually see what the software is going to do so they don't yip-yap about it they actually have to go into the product and see it and so we had a client that we had scheduled several walkthroughs for and um, within kind of the the, a couple days of the first walkthrough there was a major shift in the business a change and they had to cancel the walkthrough we were able to put it back on the books a couple weeks later Um, And at that time, we only had half the people that showed up for the walkthrough. And those people were able to give the feedback and give their perspective on what needed to happen in that. So we got that in. And those core people that had been removed to focus on that another initiative basically didn't become available until go live. So then we had a go live that was literally like. User acceptance testing, it was, it was a system walkthrough. It was one of the first times that they had seen the product. You know, we were brought in to facilitate the project, so that wouldn't happen. And very honestly, we did everything within our power for it not to, but there were just realities with the way that the business was operating and the amount of resources or lack thereof of resources that were available, that our go live basically became a, um, like I said, a user acceptance test. So, when I look back at kind of the, the best practice here, this third item of, of keep doing the change management tactics no matter what, even if we would have had a couple people show up for those system walkthroughs up front for one of the first ones we did, but we just stopped after that, even if we would have had a couple more people continue to show up, we probably should have done it because it led to a very, very, very rocky go-live. So. Again, when you have that plan, really stick to it, kind of no matter what happens and what disruptions occur in the business. I mean, that's they're just realities for sure. The fourth item here under kind of our our, our best practices for um, for organizational change management, um, and I've alluded to this already, is test, test, test. Nothing beats having um, users in the product during the configuration stage. Nothing beats having users in the product for sure during their user acceptance testing phase, where they should be testing it, make sure that they do test it. Nothing beats having the users in the product after the user acceptance test. Changes have been made by the development folks. I'm getting kind of technical here, Um, but then even having the final, um, the true end users um, in the product during training So when we're training, that kind of becomes a test cycle in and of itself for people who haven't seen it. When when we talk about testing, we always think with this concept of kind of expanding um, influencers, where we always start the tests off with just a couple really key people that that have a broader view and they really understand kind of what we're trying to do with the product, which is kind of a fancy way of saying they have imagination. So they can look at an earlier version of the product and they can say, yeah, you know, this is going on the right track or no, it's not right. They might not see the whole thing, but they can see kind of an earlier preview of it and they like it. That's good indicators, right? Then we open up to the next biggest group of influencers, which is maybe, you know, one or two people at first group. Maybe we have four or five people who then are getting into the product and, you know, doing a little bit of a, of a, of a test drive. Um, it's more like sitting in the in the in the driver seat and just turning the wheel, not really starting it, but just starting to look at the software and starting to understand what it's going to mean for their 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 life, basically for how they do their business, and then they can provide some feedback that'll be helpful. So then you build that feedback back into the product to then go to the biggest in group of influencers. This might be 10 to 20 people that are in the product now and they're actually doing the test drive. There's enough of the product there for them to run their end-to-end business processes and they're able to provide a lot of user experience feedback but they shouldn't be telling us um, you don't support blanket purchase orders and I need that. Like we should have found that out in the first couple iterations of testing. Then from that group, you go to kind of the final group which includes all of the end users, like I said earlier that usually happens during training and you want those end users in the product as close to go live as you can so that they work through things even like passwords and login where do I go to log in you don't want that question to be asked on go live man don't let's get that one solved earlier <laughs> um, so so this this test 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 concept maybe I should say test 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 of going out to that four different types of Influencers kind of slash users will help you so much to manage the change because the biggest factor that, that people are afraid of in an enterprise software rollout, whether it's ERP or HCM, human capital management, supply chain management, e-commerce, whatever is the unknown. They don't know what they don't know. So if people can see the product, now they know what it looks like, then they don't have to Uh, kind of dub in, if you will, what they think it's going to be, and they feel a lot more comfortable with the change from there. So the number four kind of strategy we use is to test, 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 test. And then the last one is go live. Have all hands ready to support that go live, no matter what, from the CEO down to anybody in the entire organization. Um, when, When you go live with software, you, you need to plan with the worst in mind, for sure. Um, we have a, have a friend of mine, actually, who works for a large corporation, a Fortune 500, and they just rolled out, actually, it wasn't even an app change per se. It was more of a technology infrastructure change. They moved all their apps from on-premise servers to the cloud. Sounds easy enough. You know, Friday, you shut down the old app. On, on Monday, you, you open up your new link to the same app. It just resides someplace differently. You know, what, what could the problem be? Well, the apps didn't work for multiple weeks. Unfortunately, people got fired over that one. Um, and, and that goes back to the example of when you do go live with any enterprise software, you have to have people available to handle any kind of problem that can come up. Um, in the instance I just told you about had more people been available, there could have been the kind of last minute tweaking that was needed to make sure that the users could get into the system and that things could work for them so um, you know like go live having all hands ready is probably the, um, the call it the icing on the cake for a good change management plan so with with those five kind of strategies in mind um, you see how organizational change management comes goes away from this, you know, surveys and um, you know, really kind of more touchy-feely things. You know, how are people feeling about the project, and you know, what do they think their biggest risks are? It's it's important to collect that up front in your initial assessment for sure. But I wouldn't spend a lot of time in that as you go on. You really have to observe for yourself what the key users are thinking and how they're feeling about the application and, and be willing to communicate and confront all of the key resources during the project. I, I say confront because, you know, oftentimes the project fails not in an area that was unknown. It was something that was known that either somebody didn't communicate to the right party or they did and the correct party just didn't take the time to really understand what the impact is going to be. So. I hope what what I've done in this 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 call is is giving you some real tactical things to do in your your implementation of enterprise resource planning software as well as other software. Um, you know, know that that OCM is not just some gimmick. It's actually kind of baked into a solid process that you have to have, or you're never going to go live successful. And you don't want to be that person that is behind a project that's you know whether it's a couple hundred thousand, $50,000 to several millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. You know, doing these really simple strategies will help you to increase your likelihood of success probably 500%. There's always other risks, the implementation partner and other stuff. We have lots of calls on some of those other areas, but this is an exciting area for us, I think, because we are really pride uh, myself on our firm. Um, and that all of our people think with the concepts that we just said very practical and can certainly help you out, but definitely keep these points in mind as you go forward on a, on a, you know, an ERP project and you're going to be a lot better off. Juliet? I'm ready to get off my soapbox
0: and back to you. Sean, thanks for that. That was a lot of great information. Um, Thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's call. Uh, Please let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to answer it, set up a call, just reach out to us, um, either through um, our phone number or our Mm -hmm. website. Uh, Our next call is September 11th. Can on-premise and cloud-based systems coexist? In this next edition of the ERP Advisor, we will discuss the differences and benefits of on-premise versus cloud-based systems and whether or not an organization can deploy both. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. Thanks again, everyone.